You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. Walking through the death of a loved one can be incredibly isolating and unsettling. And when Whitney K. Pipkin's mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer, she said she just wasn't ready. And that led to a season of struggle in this anticipatory grief. We're going to find out about her story and what led her to write a brand new resource to help those walking a similar path in We Shall All Be. Be changed. Whitney, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having me. This seems like one of those books where you would maybe start it and then go, I'm putting this down for a while. Or I, <laughs> what was it like when you were writing this book? How did you find the, you know, the energy or time to even get to it? Yeah, well, I think you write the book you need. Uh, mm. It's the book I needed five years before my mom died when I didn't realize I was operating under an un. Uh, really an untested theology of death, a, a theology of sickness. And it was something I was avoiding and running from. And yet it was affecting so much of my life, um, so much of my mothering and my work and all the other things I was trying to do. And so once um, I had been through that experience, I had this testimony that I needed to share of just the, what Psalm 23 tells us, that God is with us in the valley of the shadow of death mm-hmm. and that it is worth facing what is happening and that there's a way he meets us in that particular grief that I wouldn't want anyone else to run from. Uh, It's, it's an invitation to a hard conversation, but one that's necessary and really I hope helps a lot of people to process what's going on in their lives. Can you walk us through about how you learned of the diagnosis? I was in seventh grade. My sister and I were, were young when my mom was first diagnosed at age 41 with breast cancer. And it, uh, you know, about the seven year mark after that, it came back. So that's seven years is usually you're out of the woods if you make it that far. And it came back right at that point. And then it it really never went away. Um, As as my sister and I were in college, getting married, having our children, it was um, something that became, you know, a kind of a chronic disease. Um, Metastatic breast cancer has a lot of ways to keep you alive, but the side effects can be really hard to deal with. So my mom powered through a lot of difficult seasons, and in looking back, I was able to see the impact that had on my sister and I uh, through all those seasons as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you make a case in your book that our culture doesn't do a good job with this. The church, how many messages have you heard about, you know, being, dying well, I guess, maybe? Uh, you don't hear a lot yeah. about it even in the church, do we? Right. Although it's so interesting, once you've been through it, you read scripture again and you're like, this is everywhere. Um, These themes of death and resurrection and redemption um, and goodness coming out of the darkest and hardest parts of the story of scripture. And we we serve a savior who died. He didn't uh, he said, let this cup be taken from me and not my will, but yours be done. And so it is through death that we experience the fullness of our of our suffering savior and fellowship with him. And it's also through death that we experience resurrection and redemption. So I think there's uh, just a real hope that we have in the face of death that we we cower from for some reason, even though the Christian story offers something no other religion does, which is a savior who understands what it's like to face death, to go through death. And it is something that if he tarries in his return, we will all experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hope is really important, but you also acknowledge in your book some of the difficult relationship aspects that you mm-hmm. had um, with your mom, even during this season. Would you share just a little bit about that with us? 
Yeah, anyone who's suffering, who's with someone in a relationship with someone who's suffering, knows the way that suffering can turn us inward and make kind of all of our relationships about us. And that was definitely a dynamic in my relationship. And also just the way that she felt the need to kind of milk every moment with myself and my kids for all that it was worth. And the way that kind of wore us out because we never knew how much time we had. And, and you don't really have a, you don't have a sense of where you're at in the marathon of metastatic cancer. And so it, it became difficult. And I think but my, my desire to acknowledge that in the book and with people is so that I can also see how God worked in that. There were particular ways that that relationship was hard, that God particularly healed near the end, that he, uh, as he allowed my mom to start to reach for her hope, her future hope, and let go of some of the things she was holding on to so tightly in this world, namely my sister and I and our kids. Uh, she was, it was a beautiful thing to see her reach for that. And it wasn't that she didn't want to be here, but that, that her hope was coming alive, that she was coming alive to a new reality and that really healed some of the hard parts of our relationship as mm. well. But as you say that, I, I hear this, almost this, this guilt that creeps in. Oh, I, mm. I don't want to be, when this is all done, I don't want to be the one saying, oh, I wish I had, or why didn't we, or my poor kids missed out on. I mean, so you're mm. trying to, I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same point, we don't want that guilt, do we? Yeah, I, I mean, my kids were young when she died. My youngest was four months old. Um, and then now they're nine, six, and three. And my oldest definitely remembers her grandma. And so that's, mm. you know, there are times like the probably the sharpest grief has been the fact that they don't get her anymore. Um, I had a lot of years with my mom and uh, her influence on me is so clear to me that I you know, I feel the burden of carrying her legacy on to them, telling them her story. Mm. But I have to receive that, you know, what God allowed, the trial that he allowed in mom's life, he allowed it in my life, and he allowed in my kids' lives as well. And that there's a particular way that God is meant to transform them, to shape them, and to give them a, just a, we talk about heaven more in our household than we would otherwise. Mm -hmm. They ask questions about it more than we, we would otherwise. So I am trusting my heavenly father and his wisdom and what he allowed into our lives, even though it's not what I would have chosen, it's not the story I would have written, but I can see some of the ways, just glimpses of how he's at work, even still to transform my kids and their, their missing of their grandma as well. We're talking with Whitney Pipkin. She's pens her story at the journey of losing her mom and all that that entailed in the book, We Shall All Be Changed. And it's helping us know how we can face the loss of a loved one, how that can actually transform us. Is there something that surprised you about the journey you went on? What's What did surprise you most? I was really it's surprising that I wrote this book. I mean, my sister and I joke about this. I when I was in seasons of having children, I really had to compartmentalize to kind of be uh, healthy. <laughs> it felt like I couldn't handle both carrying life in my body as a pregnant woman and dealing with the fact that my mom was possibly dying. And so there were times I just put my head in the sand like an ostrich and did not deal with what was going on until I absolutely had to. And there was a real shift in me near the end uh, that was uh, just a, a real evidence of God's spirit at work to begin to help me hope for a good ending and to catch a vision for that. And because I think maybe because I was, I'm a writer and I was looking for the, these themes, it was like his 
his purposes just kind of came alive, even in the process of death. And that's what I want to lend to readers is a vision for what it looks like to show up. Um, I don't know what God's going to do in the particulars of someone's diagnosis, someone's potential death and the aftermath. But I do know that there is a nearness that occurs there with Christ that is sweet, that is a, a sweet fellowship um, and sharing in his sufferings that I would not want anyone to miss out on. And there's, there's also unique opportunities with the loved one, whether they believe in Christ or not. Uh, there's an openness that occurs there as we are broken open by what's happening that is also unique to the dying process. So there's something about God's work, even in the consequences of sin, even in the fall and death and the curse. His, he is present to work, even in what was intended for evil. He works it for good. Yeah, you're talking about a season where you were living through this. There are others who go through a, a dramatic, instantaneous, oh no, what just happened, death. Um, can they get hope out of this book also, or is, it, is this a little bit of a different read? No, I, I really think that, that they can, uh, because whatever that moment is, you know, even though this was stretching out over the, all these years, there was still a moment where I realized what was happening. And I remember, you know, it was like October 1st and the call. And I remember knowing this is the beginning of the end and this, this pivot. So whatever that moment is for people, that's when we start to face death, when we start to really grapple with it as the great enemy and yet the great and yet the defeated enemy in Christ. And so we need a theology to help us endure these things and and to really think well about them. Um, I do walk through like a theology of death that helps us put things in the right buckets. So we don't say things that are not helpful to other people, to ourselves, so we can be better co-sufferers and better so we can endure these seasons that will happen. Even for those who haven't yet had that call, haven't yet had those diagnoses. That's my hope is that somebody would be better prepared than I was to think theologically through what's going on in their lives and around them, and to be able to trace the themes of God's grace, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, as you, know, you mentioned you and your sister, I too have sisters, and when we walked through this journey uh, with my father, I realized that we all grieve differently, and that's okay to an extent. I think there's good ways, there are, there are maybe ways that... Some of us can really be struggling in grief, and it's hard to know how to come alongside someone because we do it differently. Did you, did that, did that enter into your story? Yeah, and that's one of the things I think books can be helpful with is you can, because uh, you, you're all going through it, but you have such different experiences of it. And so you, it's hard to even be there for each other. I think of it as a Venn diagram, and there were times where my mom, my sister, and I had the same experience. And many times, the same circumstance would cause us to have very different responses. And so there would be conflict from that. And to be able to have books, resources, scripture to go to that could read me as I was reading it and could companion me in my grief, that's one of my hopes for the book, is to companion people who may not be able to go to the others who are going through it because it's, you're just in it. And you each have such a different experience. But I want to introduce them and remind them of the presence of their Savior and the ways that he meets each of us uniquely in those seasons is something that I would just offer to people as a great hope in the midst of the pit of these circumstances. 
You saw, you talked about how negative things can be said or um, there can be things that hurt almost during this season for the person really going yeah. through this suffering. What are some positive things, though? What are some things that you found mm. that brought you life during this time? Mm. The way that uh, people serve, I mean, I think you don't realize until you go through grief how it affects you just bodily, like your ability to function. That's mm. what I kept wanting to get back was my ability to like get up and do the things I wanted to do. I was just in this, you know, particular season. And so to have somebody take dinner off my plate, to have somebody uh, just drop me flowers or come and sit with me, that meant, that meant the world. And, and I don't even remember so much what people said, it just as their presence, um, the presence of our church family, the, the ways that they really like, took up the yoke with us. Um, the ways that like just the simplest things like laundry became so difficult mm. to do and to stay on top of. Um, it's like your arms are leaden, you know, and you, your legs, you just feel this weight all the time. And so it takes so much effort to do the things that, you know, you need to do. But to know that you're not alone, I think gives you courage and endurance. And then you can see, man, I really want to do that for other people who are in this. I really want to enter into what they're feeling and share that with them and therefore lighten the load for them. And is that your, and is that your message for those who are, or will soon be walking in a similar journey today? Yeah, that there's not, I think a lot of times the worst thing you can do is just avoid people. Some, some people have said, you know, they saw people they know at the grocery store after a loved one died and they would go to the next aisle and avoid talking to them because they didn't know what to say. And that is, that is so sad to me because we each have an opportunity to learn from people who are suffering. Suffering is the way that we are transformed often and the fastest way of God's transformation in us. So we want to draw near to those who are suffering, just like Christ did, and experience the particulars of what he's teaching them and the ways that he's comforting them. And we want to be those comforters to one another. Well, the book is called We Shall All Be Changed, How Facing Death and Loved Ones Transforms Us by uh, Whitney Pipkin. And we've got information about this at our website, ericandbridget.org, if you'd like to find out more about this resource. This is you know, this will touch all of us at one way or another and one point or another. So um, this is a great resource for you to find out more about. Thank you, Whitney, so much for your time today and just for opening up so much of your story to help others. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. 